Um, so what we've been talking about um, for the last several weeks, uh, we started with the uh, Genesis creation story, and we talked about uh, the contrast between what Genesis kind of brought to the world in terms of a viewpoint on creation and humanity, and what other people at the time and at that location were seeing. Um, and so we talked about the creation story, this Genesis 1, how that, um, what that says about God, what it says about the world we find ourselves in, and how we relate to the world, and how God is seeking uh, to create and work. And the next week we talked about specifically the creation of human beings. Because Genesis, is, Genesis 1 is really focused on the idea of um, what it means to be human in the image of God. And what we looked through is that all of these things that we see in Genesis 1 that God does, cultivating and invoking the, the potential of life and the world, um, and, and blessing and categorizing and naming, all these things that God does, he then turns around and commissions humans to do. And so in Genesis 1 and in the rest of the biblical story, we see humans doing every single one of these things. Because this is the biblical vision of humanity. God says, let, let us create a human in our image and essentially give humans the same kind of job that I'm doing. And so we have the biblical theme of imitating God. And we see in a very, very powerful moment right at the beginning, this, this way that humans are to do this, naming the creatures, um, filling the earth, multiplying uh, seeking out, discovering, all of these kinds of things. Um, so one of the, the things that kind of came up that I thought was interesting about this is um, that in that creation story, we see uh, uh, God says, I'm going to create sun, moon, and stars to mark out uh, days, years, months, seasons, things like this. So there's these, this idea that time is marked by the relationship of these objects, the sun to the earth, the moon to the earth, the stars to the earth. And there is one more unit of time that shows up in the creation story that um, does not correlate to any of these things. Um, and that's maybe the most obvious one of all, which is the week, right? The creation story itself is a week. And nothing in the creation story, nothing in, in the Bible ever connects the time period of a week to some kind of astronomical body. Instead, it's connected purely to the actions of creative beings in the universe. Right? The week is defined by the fact that God, this is God's work of creation. And God goes through creating for six days and then on the seventh day, God rests. And so what we see is like this, this is the thing that defines the week, is creative work by creative beings. And when we go to Exodus, when Moses kind of lit, puts the Ten Commandments and sets the agenda for what the Jewish people are going to do, he says, follow the Sabbath day and keep it holy because God did this. This is how God works. This is how we are going to work as well. And so I think this is a really powerful theme that shows up um, in there, which is simply that when we 
acknowledge the week. And when we acknowledge the Sabbath in the biblical story, what we're doing is acknowledging our partnership with God, our being in the image of God, the way that we imitate God's work. And so this, this connects very explicitly the idea that God creates and works in the universe and we create and work in the universe. And our uh, participation in that is an imitation of, of God. Um, and so I think this, it's so incredible that at every level of this, we see this kind of thing showing up. The whole week, the whole creation week, shows us humans as this. But every little element of it does too. And there's, um, there is, something that shows up really interesting in, uh, in Christian thought from a very early moment. Because in Genesis what we see is God, God works for six days, he creates new things, and then he rests on the seventh day. And then on the eighth day, we don't, we don't see an eighth day, right? So, what we, but what we see in the biblical story is that God starts to work with humanity. That God's creative work going forward is to cultivate humans and to seek partnership with humans. And um, so what I think we see across the biblical story is this struggle to, for God and humanity to be able to come to terms where this partnership becomes possible. And uh, so we don't see God creating new species or new, you know, new uh, astronomical entities or anything like that. Um, God is working with humanity. Um, but what's interesting is that when we get to the New Testament and we get God incarnating as human, as, as a human being, and then dying and being resurrected, what day of the week is Jesus resurrected on? Sunday. Sunday. So we would call that the first day of the week, right? But early Christians didn't always do that. Um, some of them said that Jesus was raised on the eighth day of the week, right? So there's a Beatles song that does this, but um, uh, but they were they were saying Jesus was raised on the eighth day. Why were they saying Jesus was raised on the eighth day? Well, for, this is from very early on. This is the way they were framing this because the eighth day is the day of new creation. The eighth day is the day when creation starts again. And there's, a, there's this idea that God couldn't continue the work of new creation that he wanted to do because the work that he wanted to do was in partnership with humanity. And until the rift between God and humanity was healed, that work of new creation couldn't begin. So Jesus is raised on the eighth day, and the early Christians say, this is the day of new creation. New creation has started. And, um, yeah, this is uh, 130 AD. We keep the eighth day with joyfulness, the day also on which Jesus rose again from the dead. And he goes on to talk about the new creation. And, he, and what they're doing is connecting that to this idea, Paul 
If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. So I think what we see is God working to partner with humanity and then um, working to heal the rift between um, God and humans. And when that's done, then the real work of creation, which is a work of participation and partnership, can really get started. Um, so that is uh, that brings us to what we want to talk about today, which last week we talked about the, the, the model that God used in creating um, through, through the first week and like the process that God actually went through and how we are imitating that process. So I want to um, have Nate uh, talk about yeah, yeah, what that process um, looks like and how we can uh, really use that to um, to, th- to think through the way that we create and to expand our own kind of creative um, abilities and um, and ultimately become uh, better at doing the work of partnering with God. So we'll pull this up. Um, so I'm glad you guys are all here. Um, 
it's really, really informal. And I was, I had this like circle that is sort of, we're all sort of scattered and the classroom, I think makes it more formal feeling and uh, these chairs are not really designed for, <laughs> they're in this set, it's not really designed. Um, but we're gonna do creativity as partnership um, today. And um, when me, when, when Micah and Kyle, I used to kind of, I used to be gone, Kyle's our third teacher. And um, when, um, when we all came together, I was like, ah, oh, like partnership with God. And the first thing like, I thought of was creativity as like, like that is it. I thought becoming co-creators of God is like, how are we gonna dive into the subject of um, creativity? And then I got Micah's notes and figured out Micah's on a totally different train. <laughs> I was like, okay. And so, uh, and so, so I, so like we met and I was like, yeah, this is really good, but totally different than what I was thinking. And Micah was very gracious. And so um, he said, well, maybe we can slip some of these ideas in there, especially there at the beginning, as they relate to um, the creativity story. And so I see Micah just went through this with that. And um, so we're gonna just sort of, um, I'm not really gonna present information, and we're just gonna ask um, questions. And I think that is a, um, a lot better way um, to do it. And so um, I didn't wanna do that, but who here, raise your hand, if you consider yourself a creative person. I mean, I mean, it's all right. Um, what do you guys like? Okay, when I think of like a creative person, the first thing I think about is like East Nashville. I'm gonna be totally honest. <laughs> with that. I I think of like I I and I already see a lineup of people and describe the most creative person and probably be like like the hipster looking dude, you know, and like, like the guy with the guitar back on this, you know, back, you know, like walking around with the guitar and trying to whip it out and like, you know, serenade whoever. They'll make sure that they let you, make sure to let you know that they know how to play the guitar. And so, um, <laughs> um, like that's what I think of when I think of a creative person. Um, does anyone like, would, would anyone say that they're, they're not in the, not in the work of creativity. That you wouldn't think that, like, yeah, I do stuff, but I wouldn't say like, yeah, I don't really do. Like, creativity's not my thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think to me, like, creativity is like they call it Nashville, like one of the most creative cities in the country. I guess I wouldn't say that. I mean, I feel with music, um, it's like a really big. Um, Town. There definitely is a creative class here in Nashville. Like a couple weeks ago, they just did big, some big conference um, here that you had to pay a lot of money to go to. And so I thought that was really ironic because they're asking artists to pay for a thousand dollar conference <laughs> on creativity. It's kind of very ironic. Um, and so these artists don't um, do that. Um, but I want to ask this one first question: Is that um, what does it mean to be creative? For you guys, I mean, there's no. I, I'm not fishing for an answer. Just to let you guys know. It can be a lot of things. Uh, problem solving is one thing. Yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah. 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 Or, uh, or, um, 
Yeah, talking to um, Peter Rawlings. Okay. He talks about like the magic Hocus Pocus came from. Yeah. Yeah. So now when I think of magic, I really like that. When I think of magic, I think of you, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I'll tell you where it doesn't come from. Like a second grade teacher of mine uh-huh. looked at a poem and said, oh, he'll never be a poet. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's not generating creativity. You know, that there are certain ages and things like that where you just never say, oh, It's funny, um, when um, I was prepping for this, I'm sure you guys are all fans of the Liturgist podcast, um, so yeah, I, um, I'll i be honest with you, I did never <coughs> listened to a podcast, and this is the only podcast I've listened to, um, so it's been really good, but they do a podcast on creativity, I've been listening to it, um, thinking about this topic, and um as it relates to that, he, uh, science Mike, I am not science whatsoever, so I'm just going to give that pretense. And um, Michael, going to ask science Mike, okay, so like, what is creativity, science Mike? And of course, he's sort of like easy and pushing up into classes and like getting ready to like, you know, to, to do it. And um, he, um, he goes, well, he goes, they've done studies, um, I like creativity, and I really like this definition. And um, he says, really, creativity is like the ability to make connections. And um, I really love that idea. And he said, they've done studies based on this. And he said, um, you know, he said, just how people are more naturally when they are, he goes, like, are people born more creative than others? Do people have like creativity, like a measuring stick? And um, he said, um, what happens is that um, he said, um, you know, some people just like when they're born, they're better to be a sprinter than a long distance runner. Some people are just built to be long distance. Like my brother, he's tall and skinny, and like he looks like a cross country runner, um, but he's not a sprinter. He's not short and stocky like a sprinter, so he doesn't run quick distances really, or small distances really quick. And so he said with creativity, there, there could be a possibility that some people are born more creative than others, but it's when they're going through <coughs> life, and maybe sometime in second or third grade, they're in an instance and I drew, you know, a cow with a crayon, and their teacher or parents said, what is that? That's not a cow. That's a brown box or a brown yeah, image. And so somewhere along the way, for maybe for creative people, they had that reinforcement along the way um, telling them and they were creative people, um, which is interesting. Yeah. You know, there's a, not cake balls, but one of those cake shows that had one of the best teams, and I think it was, he had brought in a, a student from art who was a sculpt major. They were sculptors. Wow. Well, who would have thought someone from the art school who majored in sculptures would work at a bakery, but yet, that was one of the best places that person could have ever gone. Yeah. But yet, looking over the wall, in my, you know, you get in a box, the people who can look over a wall and see what's going on there and say, well, that's kind of cool, and bring it into their box. Yeah. That's creativity. Yeah. yeah. 
it's the Tower of Babel, I think, for creativity up because it's yeah. sickened at everything. Uh, it, it's, it's an example of breaking everything up and making everyone go in different directions. Yeah. But when you can break down walls or look over walls and you can see past other disciplines, yeah. I think that's where you find some really unique creativity. Yeah. I think, yeah. I was just going to say, I think it's kind of part of your development, like you're yeah. saying. Like, uh, I didn't used to consider myself creative at all, but it's kind of practice. Like, yeah. Uh, like some people just say, well, I'm just not a confident person. Yeah. But you can practice being confident, you can become more confident. It's like creativity, you can actually strengthen that part of your brain. Yeah. So when you're a kid and your teacher says, well, this guy's never going to be good at this, that's not necessarily true. You're developing and you're exercising that. And they're saying, okay, yeah. you're never going to be good at that. So I think it's like partially the way you develop and yeah, the way you're trying to comprehend things. There's, there's something about uh, where being analytical play, plays in that, uh, that thing of like, you know, oh, that's not that's not good, or you'll never be an artist, or like, you know, that's not a cow, that's a box. You know, that kind of, that analytical thing um, does seem to get in the way of, of being creative. And and I think that's interesting that in the, in Genesis 1, God says, let there be light. And then he analyzes the light. Like, yeah. the, then he sees the light, says it's good, you know, and he does his work of you know of analyzing it and judging it after yeah. the creative work. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, that's an actually really important. Um, but to me, I think the hope is to me. I think there's hope in that. Is that um, like we're not born with a creative limit. So like you know like to me, I don't. I think there are people who are definitely more creative than others. But I think like you said, like it's something we work on. And so I think there's hope in that. They're not just like your creative meters, you know, only so much, and that's the extent that you're gonna be creative. Um, this, um, that's, uh, I, I think, um, yeah, I think, I think there's hope. Um, one, of my, one of my sayings for creativity is that um, um, if you wanna be creative, put limits on yourself. I know that's sort of counterintuitive, but when you put limits on yourself, it forces you to think outside that box and bring in other things um, to be creative. Because it's a, it's a free range. You have, it's really, creativity is all about decision making. It's really all it's about. You're making decision after decision after, after decision. And um, you're forced to, when you put those limits, we guide that decision making process. Um, so it's, um, um, my next question is, why do you guys think God made us creating beings. I mean, I guess because I'm not very tech savvy, this would have been a, a second point to come in. <laughs> so you guys can imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> See, we're in practice of <laughs> um, doing that. But why do you guys think I'm um, is creative beings? Like, what, like, I think we're in his image. Yeah. And I think for him to create the earth is pretty creative. Is there some Cool stuff. Wild and cool and bizarre stuff. I mean, God was really having fun with creation. Yeah. He did. I did. Yeah, I think there's something about um, God's kind of like 
when we create, God's kind of showing off. It's like, I, I didn't just create something. I created something that could create something. <laughs> yeah. you know? yeah, that's true. Um, and so um, 
So like, did he create that? Did he imagine it? Or did he discover it? You know, like, you know, did he create that, you know, formula in math? Or is it because it's math, it just always existed? Um, and we just put symbols to it. Um, yeah. Um, um, I want to talk, I know Michael already went into this, but I think Genesis is just a huge um, book for us. Um, and so when I thought about, um, as like I said, Genesis gives us a model of how to create. Um, I think I spelled, is that the right spelling for chaos? Yeah, I didn't think no. so. <laughs> Again, I'm not again. <laughs> that's not my. Uh, that's not my guess. Um, so, um, I it was a person. You could have left it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. This, this like a, uh, it's like a. Yeah, it's like a god from the Babylonian. That's what I. But I think actually. So he um he, he brings chaos. He brings disorder into order and life. Um, well, I would say beauty. Um, and so he, he, like, he gives this model, like, you know, disorder into order, chaos into, you know, like he brings out this, um, this thing. Um, and then what Micah said, he calls it good. He names it. He names his creation. He doesn't leave it. names this. And then um, I would say that he says, okay, I want you to name it too. And so he commissions us to create also. Um, and then to me, um, if you guys um, don't know me, I'm helping. Um, I, I, I love my creative outlet is food and drink and, um, and um, that experience and gardening and all that. And um, for me, um, if you guys don't know, there's a... Um, a theologian, I think she's at Duke, Ellen Davis. Um, but she wrote, uh, she's big on, I'm great in the Bible. Um, but um, she does it, and to me, what is it again? What does God do? He takes the Sabbath. And to me, like the Sabbath, what she talks about is to savor it. And what does savor mean? It means to enjoy it. I feel like God creates. He calls it good, he analyzes it. He then commissions others to create with him, and then he savors it. He goes back on his creation and goes, huh, and he enjoys it. Like, that's what he does. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, holds it in there and just enjoys it. And to me, I think there's this discipline of enjoyment. I would say enjoyment is a spiritual discipline. It's something that we practice and that we get better at. Um, and so um, I think it's something really good is that we create, we invite others into our creation, um, we do it for good, and then we step back, we rest, and we enjoy what is being done. And that's sort of to me what the Sabbath is. Um, you take delight and enjoyment and how that is again uh, glorifying to God um, so um, and then he shares it with us and then um, of course as like it says he redeems it the eighth day uh, we actually have a beer to our eighth day IPA and we do a different batch <laughs> we do a different hot dog 
every time we do it, and it's the idea of innovation. So the beers we do every time. Um, so, but um, but to me, I think it's a really good model of how we are caught to create in this world. Like we create it, um, we we do it for good. We we share it. We invite others to join us, and then we savor it and enjoy it. Um, this is a guy did. Um, so I want to talk about, yeah. Like Oh, sorry. Um, I guess um, my big thing is that I want you guys to look at creativity as an act of faith. Um, what do you guys think that? I mean, what do you guys think when you hear that? What is a spiritual discipline? What is an act of worship? Um, That those are the creative people. In order to connect things that were not previously thought of as being connected. And what I think of the word connectedness, I think of relationships. For me, creativity is really all about relationships. When we think about God and what he created, he created out of relationship. It was for, it was them. God said, us, let us create man and our and so God is relationship, the three is God is love, and then as in the three, God is joy. I love it that, um, I love to make, I love to cook. When I cook for myself, I know you guys have ever done this, you make a big meal, and you just sit down and you sit by yourself, it's like someone popped your balloon, you feel deflated. But when you go in and you sit down with someone else at that table, what you've just made, the joy of that cooking and that preparation just bubbles out. It's the idea that we get to share, we get to feel connected with our creation and brings it uh, a greater fullness. So for God to create the world and then leave it empty, like, it, it wouldn't make sense. Um, there's a lack of it. It would have just been sitting there. But when he says, oh, let's make something that can enjoy it with me, um, it's a, a bigger... God, God also made us with that instinct. I mean, yeah. uh, like having children and everything, that's kind of like yeah. it's ingrained in our genetics and our brain. Or uh, like I've been talking about to them about this lately, it's like uh, unity and love. Yeah. If you're not in the church, everyone's very addicted to that feeling. They market yeah. everything with that army of one, like the U.S. is all united. And, yeah. uh, they market everything that way, so people automatically connect to that idea. Creating and being part of something that's making something else bigger. 